Brutal Designs. Oi! This episode of the Brutal Reality Digest Online Podcast is brought to you by New World Designs, Vancouver's finest selection of retro-inspired fashion. Located on West Hastings Street, New World is locally owned and operated in just plain radical. They strive to bring the best in vintage reproduction brands such as Collective, Voodoo Vixen, Hell Bunny, Band Apparel, Betty Page Clothing, and more. They can also hook you up with accessories like jewelry from local designers. Aw, yeah! New World Designs is also a recognized safe place by the Vancouver Police Department, as they are inclusive to all who wish to embrace this retro look. Don't live in Vancouver? Unfortunately, neither do I. Luckily, New World Designs now offers an online store. That's right, head on over to nwdvan.com and she can ship your groovy new clothing right to your door. Still not satisfied? Tell your pals at Brutal Reality Digest sent you by using the coupon code STAYRAD and get a 10% discount. Now that's a spanking deal, folks. Once again, that's nwdvan.com or if you're lucky enough to live right in Vancouver, head on down to 434 West Hastings Street and say hello to Jen and her lovely crew. That's New World Designs. Welcome to Brutal going on everybody welcome back to the brutal reality digest online podcast but if you're in a hurry just call it bird drop so i'm flying solo today normally i have a little a sidekick with uh, me or stew but uh today i'm all on my own so i'm sorry about that you just gotta have to deal with my voice for a little bit a little bit of time but uh in addition to that trying something new we're gonna record this with video cameras as well so you're gonna see this possibly on youtube Possibly other places. I don't want to spill the beans quite yet. But of course, nobody wants to just hear me talk. So I'd like to introduce Curtis Anthony LaBelle. Is that your middle name? No, it's not. <laughs> Anthony. I, I, I knew I had a chance. But. It, it is A, though. Uh, Orel would be the little. I have a few different. I have a long name, actually. Uh, full name Curtis Orel Real Joseph Lionel LaBelle. And those are all on my birth certificate. Wow. Yes. I thought I had a long middle name, and it's just two, two names. But no Anthony. No Anthony. <laughs> or else. So I, I literally could have, I only picked the one name that you don't have for your middle name. I'll take it. <laughs> so how are you doing, man? I'm great. This is, uh, this is a lot of fun. I've uh, been watching you guys on social media, and I thought this would be a great opportunity to uh, even just to get to know you guys more and uh, shoot the shit and have some fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. So we are, in case you guys don't recognize us, we are live from the green room of the Velvet Olives slash Capital Package Building. And... Thanks to Kyle for letting us. It's a great space. Yeah, letting us waste some time here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what, ki- what kind of vibes are you getting in, in this place? Uh, it's very uh, hot right now because <laughs> there's no windows. Uh, it's uh, there's no way out. It's a it's a great little uh, space to be uh, prepping up before you can do a show here at the Velvet Olive, and uh, lots of great musicians have been downstairs here since Kyle turned it into this lovely little uh, cool place. We got a. Great wicker chair here. We have palm trees and <laughs> greenery and Christmas lights and posters of uh, musicians that have done shows here. And uh, it's just a great place. I love it. I could yeah. sleep down here, but let's not. <laughs> you got to wait till your headline. 
which I assume you're going to be doing very soon. Uh, we're here. Uh, me and the boys are going to be playing here December 12th. Okay. Yeah, so It'll we'll be here December 12th. It'll be here soon enough. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully yeah, so. by hopefully by then there's a few more restrictions lifted, and we can have more people in place because that's the best part about it, playing music for people. Yeah, we're we here at Brutal Reality. We kind of we're, we're thinking positively. There's too much dismal, bad news out there, so we're like, yeah, shows are gonna happen. Musicians are gonna flourish. That's what we're. That's uh, well, the like attitude we, we're having. it is, and like we were saying earlier, Josh. Uh, you know, a lot of the musicians are, uh, and I, I shouldn't say a lot, but I know that we're all fighting to get back at the. The bite, uh, at the bite thereby, and we're trying to get back at the shows, everybody, is what we're trying to do. And um, uh, it's been a lot of fun kind of getting back in the race and booking, and I've managed to book, uh, we have between small shows, private shows, and big shows, we have about 36 shows that oh. we booked in the next couple of months here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Keep it, busy. Well, you know, uh, in the music business, the artist is also a manager, a producer, Booking agent, uh, costume designer, <laughs> rehearsal, uh, all the above. So, um, social media manager. Social media manager, which I, I'm not the greatest at, but you know you have to do it. Social <laughs> media, and you can find me at Curtis LaBelle Music on YouTube, Spotify, Twitter, Facebook, and more. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, it's a curse. <laughs> excellent plug. Thank seamless, you. Seamless. <laughs> So I was uh, perusing your website, <clears throat> yes, doing my little bit of half-assed internet research to, to quote the Untouchables podcast. Everybody listens to that. Perfect. But uh, you're a self-described flamboyant pianist player, <laughs> pianist player, pianist, pianist. <laughs> um, I think so. I have flair. I don't know. I think so. I think I'm flam. <laughs> I think everybody would say that actually. I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty flamboyant, um, and I play rock piano. It's 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 an absolute blast when you see me. I have so much fun. <laughs> yeah. So I think everybody everybody looks like they're having fun. I'm all over the keys. So I think a self, you know, diagnosis of being a flamboyant rock pianist is an understatement. So. <laughs> it doesn't bother you to get the the Elton comparison. Do you embrace that? Do you roll with that? <sighs> You know, um, I do embrace it. I don't. Hmm, that is such a loaded question. It's, it's a loaded question. It really is because there's a lot of artists that I really enjoy from Billy Joel, Elton John, Lady Gaga, Adele, um, Amy Winehouse, even Liberace. And, you know, they all have they're all their flares. And I think there's a bit of every single one of them that rubs off on me. I think that's just how music works i think that's how a musician develops and grows i mean you have your own um you know influences now when somebody says that i remind them of elton john or billy joel of that sort i take that well i'm thank you so much because then i know that i'm at a caliber that i can project and uh, produce a good quality product now am i wanting to be them no i'm not i write my own music i do my own Things I have an influence of style of music, but I think that's the evolution of music in my journey is every time I hear a new song, I'm figuring out how I can incorporate those different things into what I'm doing. It's just the revolve, the evolution of music. And I'm definitely, um, <laughs> I don't know, I do have a purple grand piano that I do take around with me on a show. I do have, I just put 500 rhinestones on a purple jacket. So uh, yeah, I am me. 
Uh, and if I remind you of somebody else, that's perfect. But uh, just Curtis LaBelle. That's the name. Curtis LaBelle. <laughs> okay, so you're you're not you don't want people to think, oh, I'm just trying to be Elton, but you obviously you know, you're a fan, quite obviously. So so why don't you tell us about some maybe some surprising influences that you have where people are like, Oh really, that's who he's inspired by. Um, surprising influences. I'd have to say, okay, I don't really talk about the band Chicago, but I definitely love Chicago a lot. There's a lot of great horn sections in there. Um, big fan of Eminem. Big fan of Eminem. And now that kind of just put a little wow. eyebrow raise on a lot of people. Uh, my husband and I rock out to a lot of <laughs> Eminem in the house, actually. <laughs> the old stuff or new stuff? Or what's, old what's your stuff. Era? Old stuff. Definitely old stuff for sure. Um, I, you know, I, we, I, I'm a country fan. Jared is not. And so... When it comes to country, I like Garth Brooks. Uh, old again, old school Garth Brooks. Randy Travis. I think that's because of my parents' <laughs> upbringing and where I came from. Um, nothing too obscure. Maybe ELO, right? Something different there. Um, uh, heavy metal band that I do listen to. Uh, Negation is a is a great uh, Edmonton local based band. Uh, and um, who am I? What is the other? Oh, I'm trying to think. Another elect, uh, another uh, heavy metal. Um, I'm going to say this wrong. Animals as leaders. Is that right? I don't know. Jamie, pull that shit up. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm totally going to be scarred for life now from this. <laughs> I have no idea. I think so. Uh, I think that's anyway. The gentleman who, the drummer from Negation. He brought me up to a lot of things. So, yeah, obscure, that would be as far as I guess I could say it to be obscure influences. Well, I didn't necessarily mean obscure, but just someone was oh. like surprising, like, oh, wow, I wouldn't have thought that. You know who I really like, and this will be a plug, is Wickland versus Wickland. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you, we have some great music here locally in is Red Deer. because they're staring at us right there? No, the where are they? Where are they? They're all oh, they're, oh, they're, they're all over, the over here. Friday the 13th <laughs> over here. All these artists are phenomenal. And, you Stop know, staring at me, Wickland. They're absolutely amazing. But no, I'd have to say, I was so, uh, I like them a lot, so much to the point that when they came up with their first vinyl um, uh, album, I really made sure that I was the first person to get one. So I had email sign it, or it says 001 or whatever it was. So I have the first copy of Wickland versus Wickland on vinyl. Nice. That's going to be worth a lot of money one day. I think it will be. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> All right. You kind of mentioned your upbringing. So according to your page, you grew up on the West Coast. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Uh, for a short period of time. I, was, I grew up in B.C. Uh, until about I was four and then moved to Red Deer. Oh, okay. Yeah, for my parents, or my dad's work. That was going to be the next question, because if <sighs> I if I was just looking at it, you know, a flamboyant piano player, I figured would probably have more success in Vancouver than Red Deer, Alberta. <laughs> you're proving stereotypes wrong one, one day at a time. You know, I think, um, you know, there <laughs> I think that the environment is a product of me. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I I do the best I can to radiate love and um, light and happiness and connection and joy that I think, you know, for me to say that I'm a product of my environment or that I you know, flamboyancy would be best developed over in the West Coast <laughs> compared to the East Coast, I'm not sure. But I can definitely say... 
I think it's who I'm around and uh, wherever I am that uh, just be me. And if you don't like it, I was going to say, I'm going to come around you even more so that we can spread the love even more. Kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. <laughs> well, yeah, just even looking at this wall, you know, there's, there's a shit ton of great talent here in Red Deer, so I understand why you're, you know, I mean, this isn't known as a hot spot of, of music, but I think people would be surprised at how many great acts actually play here every weekend, right? Yeah. I'm local, local, not just flying people in, right? And we're just talking about, or I'm, you're, I'm assuming you're just talking about the the Velvet Olive here. Uh, it, just on this in this city alone, there's so many different venues that have amazing music, and I think that amazing music has rubbed off on some of the things that I have written. With example, some of the stuff that Kayla Williams has written. Uh, she was just she was one of the performers that was on the Saver Stages here that we did. Outside, right. she has some great, great, great music that I listen to numerous of the times in order to, how can I be better? And so I think that a lot of what I have uh, been able to do as a musician has come from these guys here and places like the Olive and all the great stuff we have in Red Deer. Red Deer has a great music scene. So is it a bit of a friendly rivalry? You're like, oh, we're a really good song. I gotta, I gotta clap back here. No, I think Red Deer has something really unique in the fact that we have all different musicians of different styles. There's a lot of guitar players. There's a lot of um, there's 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 not a lot of piano players. There's a great group of them, and we have wonderful. We have we're all rounded. Not one guitar singer songwriter in Red Deer sounds like the next. My piano music sounds different than Kayla's. Randy Bolton sounds different than. James Adams. Like, we all have our own style, and I think that's one of the really hidden gems about Red Deer is that we don't compete with each other. We're we just have, doing your own thing. We have done our own thing. To complement each other. We, that ended up complementing each other and pushing Red Deer to such a height in uh, its music caliber and its, um, its strength, and the core of it has uh, been of utmost success. Right. It's great to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you not head south for a while to study music down to the states, or did I? Uh, no, I went down to the states. Uh, visited some people down there. Um, uh, did uh, some learned some things about the entertainment industry I in that area. I came back because I had a family member that ended up uh, getting sick, and then I got married here in Red Deer or in Canada. Okay, so you. <laughs> Since you've graduated, you've stuck around kind of central. Yeah, I, d I have stuck around. I uh, I went to Red Deer College, uh, and and did my studies there. And uh, I was teaching for quite some time, uh, but I've been uh, I've stuck around Alberta, and Alberta is where I've been for the last couple of years. So yeah. did you did you work with uh, Rustin? Rustin, how do I say his name? Rustin Viore. There we go. <laughs> yes. No, I've never worked with Rustin Viore. I I was doing I. You know, I'm. <laughs> I didn't finish college. Oh, I college <laughs> dropout, everyone. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Oh, I see the cat's out of the bag now. Kids at home. Right. Don't need to graduate. Stay in school. Seriously, <laughs> stay in school. But no, I. I dropped out of college for a job. I got a contract. I got a. I got a two-year contract that I signed. And, oh, it was a one-year contract that ended up being into two years because it was extended. And it was up in Dawson City, and I remember waking up to a phone call. Are we talking about this story now? 
I don't. What are we? Okay, so <laughs> you go. L- long story short, I quit college because I got a phone call from uh, a gentleman uh, who was doing uh, productions uh, with Parks Canada up in Dawson City, Yukon, and I hit the, the, how I all came about is his mom was my grade six band teacher, <laughs> and so oh, wow. she knew I played the piano, and I got the phone call. It was actually a voicemail. I called back. And I instantly didn't even think. I took the job because the money was good. I had no idea what I was doing other than being the swing piano player for the opposite off days for the other piano player at a can-can show. And um, I called my... I woke up my roommate and said... Uh, it was summer, so he didn't quit college. I asked him, though. I said, do you want to quit school and come <laughs> up north and pull curtains for me whenever I'm playing piano on the off days of a can-can show? And he said yes. Oh. And so uh, he didn't quit college, but he, it was a summer gig for him. I ended up staying there for the year and then going on to the second year. And he pulled curtains while I played piano on the opposite days. I uh, made a shit ton of money. And um, then I went and traveled Costa Rica for two and a half months. <laughs> oh, wow. And then... Um, and then we're here. Well, a lot of shit happened in between, but <laughs> that was the story. That's how I ended. That was one of the best things that I ever did was to do Street Smart. If I had, you know, if, if I was not doing where I am today and I had the money, I would definitely go back to school and get a doctorate or a master's or a PhD in music for sure, because I think it's important. But I would have to say that one of the best things I ever did was omitting myself from where I thought I was being given a great education from what I wanted or what I thought I wanted, not from their standpoint, from mine. And it just simply wasn't that. And the two years that I ended up doing that contract, oh, the education I got (laughs) was phenomenal. Okay. Interesting. But still go to school. Go to school. (laughs) Please, please finish school. So the first time I became aware of you, which sounds bad considering you've Apparently been rocking out here for years. <laughs> was you were you were kind of like a, I don't want to say session musician, but you were you hopped up on the keyboards for uh, Jesse Rhodes' yes. charity thing, and it was it's on Shaw Spotlight. If anyone wants to check it out yes. on YouTube, all over the place. So was that something that you've you've always been known to do? Someone's like Curtis, I need some keyboards for my set, and you hop in there. Yeah, I I've done it a few times. Uh, it's not, I mean, I, I'm always here to help if somebody needs keys or whatever, and. I mean, we're all here to help each other. And if time permits, of course. And time did permit it, and it was a fundraiser. Uh, the cause that Jesse was doing, I mean, I'm right. definitely going to say yes when it comes to fundraising, if, again, time allows it. But um, uh, other than being in a cover band called 5AM in the past, uh, and then we changed that name to Bellagio, I was doing corporate events and things like that at the casinos, um, I haven't really been doing that. I mean, I think the last time I did that was at the jam here, uh, at the Save the Stages at the end whenever Mike Zabo got up and sang a song and then <laughs> Mr. Peyton was just asking everybody to come back up and play. <laughs> so we all got up and played and I'm like, I think those those are the moments that scare me. <laughs> I can get up there and rock away on the piano and shoot the shit and make stuff up and have the band and the boys and everybody just rocking out, right? And there's no nerves. It's all excitement and everything. But yet, when someone comes up to me and says, do you want to come up and jam with us? Here's this, this, and this, and this. It instantly becomes a little bit more the responsibility, I think, as a musician on the... Again, depending on how many drinks you've had. (laughs) um, I think the responsibility for me is like, 
okay, now I really can't fuck up because this is somebody yeah. else's stuff. So, yeah, I think that's the scary part. I, I haven't done, I don't do it enough, but I need to do it more. Yeah, I've always said that too. It's like you mess up a cover song, people are like, "Hey, that's not how that song goes." But you mess up your own song, I'm just you know doing some creative changing, some workshopping yeah. on my own song. So who's you can't tell me it's wrong. <laughs> of course, but then whenever you do make a mistake, you look up and you make sure to see if anybody's paying attention. Of course, they're all drunk and stumbling around. You're going, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Nobody heard. <laughs> For sure, man. Of course, you're looking over at the drum. You bastard. You <laughs> Shooting bullets. Right? <laughs> daggers. What is it? How does that saying go? Sh- shooting, shooting daggers. daggers. <laughs> hey, shut up, cameraman. <laughs> Nobody asked you. <laughs> All right, Chris, so there's some exciting things happening for you yes. on a national level. So tell me a bit about, what is it called, The Shot? Mm-hmm. Is that the CBC thing, or who's in charge of that? Uh, the Shot is a, it's, it's its own entity. Okay. Uh, it used, I guess you could say it's up on the scale of um, um, The Voice, uh, Canadian Idol, those sort of things. The Shot is in Season 8 right now, and so it's actually called The Shot Season 8 Remastered, or The Shot Remastered Season 8. It's some of those, I can't remember the actual way of it but anyway um which really blows people's minds away because when you say season eight they go what where was season (laughs) one through seven (laughs) um so the shot has been geared towards singer songwriters so voice singing canadian idol all those different things have their own niche of what they're focusing on and um i found out about this competition through um an old colleague of mine who had entered into it and made it in on social media. And so I just thought to myself, why not? I haven't really entered a competition. Uh, Singer-songwriter. It's not like I have to go up and do a cover song or right. whatever. It's different. I thought I the shoe fits. I'm going to go in. Anyway, um, I, it was bizarre. I ended up auditioning. Uh, they'd headed up. Because of COVID came in, everything messed up. So remastered, why it's called remastered, because everything's online. So... Needless to say, I had to audition five times because there was technical problems, all this on Facebook and uh, Instagram and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they picked 116 people out of X amount of people that auditioned in, ca- in uh, Canada this year. And I, I made it in. And then uh, that was back in April. And now we're in October here, I guess you could say, end of September. Now we're down to top 24, and I've managed to get down to top 24. So 116, wow. top 40, and then top 24. And then we find out in a week and a half, I'm guessing, or in two weeks, uh, top 10. I'm not sure. I don't know. But the thing is, we don't know what happens until they tell us what we need right. to do. So it's been a real awesome experience for me because it's also been a development program, an artist development program. And I've gotten to meet so many amazing people in the industry uh, from, uh, oh my goodness, I, I don't want to drop any names because I'm going to get them wrong, of course, <laughs> if I don't know them properly. But I'm so excited to go through the finish line and uh, and, and win. I'm sorry. Calling it. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> I am. I, it's, it, I'm, 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 I'm so pumped because this is right up my alley of music and i'm having so much fun i've learned so much and i cannot wait to come back here and do the interview again (laughs) after november 22nd when they find out the winner so i remember voting for you for something was that what this was on social media a few months ago and you you kind of put an all call out hey if you want to 
Yeah. Vote for me. Is this the same thing? Yeah, it is the same so, thing. So it's a fan <clears throat> fan voting thing. It is. That round was a fan voting round. And so in, uh, when we found back in July or June or something, what it was when we started doing mm -hmm. the voting, it was uh, there was a bunch of projects that us artists and the contestants needed to do. And one of them was to get the fan base up and to get as many votes oh, okay. as possible. So it's different every round. What it's you different to every round. So that round to get into top 40, we had to get as many votes as we possibly could uh, through social media. And then we had to put together um, an EPK. So our pitch package and all that. Oh, yeah. And then... Uh, but unfortunately, when a week and a bit into the voting, uh, it was compromised by third-party voting from one of the contestants. Oh. And so... Scandalous. Right? So needless to say, it was uh, null and void. All the votes didn't count, but weren't forgotten. And uh, I came out of the out of the shoot there on uh, first place for, for quite a bit, and I was, I was on a momentum, and it was pretty good. And I was ready to take on the challenge to see who could... Kick my ass when it came to voting because it was we, it was vote for Curtis everywhere it was crazy, <laughs> <laughs> but and then uh, so then we found out about uh, the voting round being canceled. We ended up and the, uh, just the EPK was what we needed to, and Lance Bass from NSYNC was the guest Ooh. judge for this last round or it's two rounds ago, and he looked at all the EPKs and helped the judges, and he was the guest judge to pick the top forty, and then. To get to top 24, we just had our label meeting rounds with the record labels here in Canada. Wow. Well, so how did Lance Bass get involved? He's not Canadian, is he? No, he's not Canadian. <laughs> um, just another immigrant taking those Canadian jobs. <laughs> no, yeah. He did not mean just that, kidding. Lance. Just, no, no. <laughs> We're cool, Lance. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, buddy. Um, no, um, uh, he's not Canadian, but this is just... Uh, tip of the iceberg and and, and right. just a food for thought to know the connection, right? So the is he still in heavily involved in the music? Scene? I like, think he's still in the music industry. I'm know, not too sure. Other than old, that, old JT kind of took the lead, of right? That band for popularity, but but I have I have I've met some people that I never thought that I would ever meet in the industry that are just connected through the people that right. are in the shop between the judges and the producers, who you know you know C J Allen who. Uh, you know, when he, yeah, he's he's an amazing guy, and he's this is his project, and this is his show, and he's the head judge and a head producer, and um, you know, he's a guy that you look at whenever you walk down the red carpet at the Juno's. Okay. You know, like people's heads turn whenever they. You just uh, triggered my memory. Unfortunately, COVID screwed up a lot of things. The <laughs> Juno's was one of them, but were you not slated to be involved with the Juno's this year? We uh, kind of in some regards we in uh, back yeah so I had received the opportunity uh, one of sixteen um, singer songwriters in Canada for the TD Green Room at the Juno Awards to be a part of their mentoring program and so what that what that it was was to go to the Junos in Saskatoon this year and go to the TD Green Room with their, uh, with their producers and, and their team and have a mentoring program with other artists and, and that sort of thing within the Juno community through there. However, we couldn't do that because of COVID, but they honored it through an hour phone call. So I ended up right. getting that mentoring program um, through the phone, which has been great. That was a really cool experience, a lot of fun. Lots learned, holy crap. A lot of shit I don't know in the music industry. <laughs> Every time I turn around, I'm like, what, I have to do that? <laughs> that was the wrong glue for those rhinestones on that purple jacket. No. 
It's when you glue your fingers like this and you go to pick up a rhinestone to glue it back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the joys of... You cover that song, the rhinestone cowboy? Like a rhinestone. We don't have the rights for that. I shouldn't oh. do it. Good <laughs> <laughs> I think the fair use, you get 10 seconds or something. Isn't it 30 seconds? No, it's 10. 30 <laughs> seconds is a long time. <laughs> Spe speaking of half a song, I wrote a song last night. And I actually I finished it this morning. And as I, I recorded it and I played it, it's the shortest song I've ever, play I've ever written. It's a minute and a half. No, I, well, I'm like great for radio, but I'm like, how do I, a minute and a half you trimmed all the in fat. a 45 minute set? I'd have to be doing 50 songs just to well, get. Through. Well, I come from the the punk rock world, and you know, minute and a half is like two minutes. Those are kind of <laughs> as soon as you get three minutes, people are like booing you and calling you so out. <laughs> Way too long. We should switch. I should do a punk thing, and you should do some sort of like flamboyant rock. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't even think I could pull it off. <laughs> I don't know. I got high heels. I got rhinestone. Well, <laughs> I did win the, uh, I don't know what you guys call it in Alberta, but you know, when you first get into high school, there's like, you call them freshies. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like the whatever, initiation. Like, yeah, you were the, yeah. So my costume is I had to dress up like Mimi from the Drew Carey show. <laughs> yeah. So Makeup from hell. Yeah. So yeah, I look like Marge Simpson when she has the, the makeup gun that, Homer had, oh if you've ever seen that. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. But episode. I won. I was the, the best. Even though I, would, I didn't, like, stuff myself with pillows that was overweight like Mimi, but I still won. So I, I think I, I could pull off the flamboyant thing. That, oh. was, that was, like, 25 years. No, I'm getting a harsh no from the <laughs> studio audience. <laughs> Their doubt's only going to fuel me more. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know how... I, it's an image. We should just make that happen for... <laughs> Halloween is a month away. <laughs> Can we make that happen? That's a good image. You make me think... You reminded me of initiation. I didn't have such a thing like that, but I do remember being... Um, uh, I was... See, you didn't have to stuff yourself. I was already fat, so picture <laughs> me in a... Uh, what, I, what is the... Uh, what is the... Uh, one piece things that you wear, the morph suits, the morph oh. suits or whatever. I was in a pink morph suit with black pantyhose and permanent marker all over my. It was, it was the last year of initiation at Notre Dame. Oh wow! Thank you very much <laughs> for we, whoever did that to me. Can we find that yearbook picture somewhere? Oh, I, I don't know if there, I don't know. I'll have to go look at that. That's that's <laughs> picture of my album. I'll have to find mine too. I, I know what's in there. I just I don't know where my yearbook would be. I, I remember if we're talking about yearbooks, my grade 10 yearbook was all covered in signatures. Grade 11 yearbook, half covered in signatures. Grade 12, maybe three signatures. Yeah. And that's cool not because anymore. of friends. I just wanted to get the fuck out of there because <laughs> I was done with high school. I hear you, man. I don't need your signature. Mine will be more. <laughs> I remember signing people's and writing, like, full essays, just complete nonsense. So I'm sure they're looking at those 20 years later. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with this guy? So many things. So many things. Oh, goodness. Brutal back then. I feel like I've dropped the F-bomb now. <laughs> oh, it's out there now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, right. we'll bleep it for syndication. Don't worry. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast, anything goes. Oh, this, I think this is why I probably don't teach anymore. It's like I've had, I, I've had to keep up a persona. Well, not had to keep up a persona, but I'm like, keep the profanity down. Keep the represent. You know, you're representing... Um, education and well, and I quit college, so <laughs> <laughs> I would have quit RDC too. I was kidding. 
I'm also a graduate from that place. I. <laughs> Keep that I, in there. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pivoting to the next conversation. Yes. Uh, where does this lead us so to? If you if you go on YouTube, you'll notice that you've put out quite a few videos in the last year. Oh, I feel like I haven't put enough. Definitely a few. And the guys lurking around who helped you with those. So how did those videos come to be? Uh, through the miracle of God. <laughs> um, they came to be because of the, uh, not to get emotional, but the support. You know, the support that I have um, for any endeavor that I... <laughs> I there's another gentleman who is involved. I, he, the gentleman that's behind the camera right now doesn't know about this yet. But there, <laughs> I, I messaged another gentleman, a third party, who has been involved with some of the projects that I've done. And I, I messaged him at 7 o'clock this morning. Huge paragraph. I'll show you later. I messaged <laughs> him a huge paragraph saying, I've written a new song. This is how the music video is going to go. And it's literally <laughs> where we're doing the music video, when it needs to be done, everything like that. And without a beat, to answer your question, there was a yes at the end of it. And I know that I would get that yes from everybody that I've ever asked to be a part of. And I think that's what keeps me fired and fueled because of the belief of what I can do. So I think I don't have enough content up on YouTube um, because I'm told I don't in the mm. industry, right? There is, there, you know, there's, a, there's an X amount of videos that should be uploaded every day from an artist in the industry, especially if they're covering every single hat that they have. Right. So, um, for example, every 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 day, every week is going to go up. Once a week, you're going to put up a cover. Once a week, you're going to put up uh, a documentary. Once a week, you're going to put up uh, whatever, all that shit. I don't think I have enough videos, but what I do have, I guess, thank you. Well, I should stop talking. Well, if you uh, sweeten the deal a bit, we might be able to hook you up with this. <laughs> <laughs> ha, sure, absolutely. <laughs> You're like, wash that shit down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, thank you. I keep trying to put as much content out as I can. Yeah, man. But to go pivot back to the, the music videos, I actually was lucky enough to get to run a camera for one of your videos. So yes. And it was a song you you did or you, the video you did right downtown Redger. So I assume that you chose that spot because downtown Redger is important to you. Is, would that be accurate? It is. Uh, you know, I used to, I was working at the Hub on Ross for PDD clientele, and uh, the song that came out that we did was Family's Love, and it, um, I think it was, it was just felt appropriate for me to include the people that were a part of that song and the creation of it, and you know, we lived at that point downtown Red Deer. I worked downtown Red Deer. Everything was downtown for me. And it, it, it just really all played out quite well. And that, that's where we met. I mean, other than wh where we uh, more, I got to right. know you more on that. And, um, yeah, I, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about the downtown Red Deer. And why, oh, yeah. And, and just the song in general, because I know there's also a story behind the song, right? And wasn't there a story for uh, like domestic abuse? Raising money for some sort of charity. Yeah, for, so all the, we, the goal was, and it still is the goal, uh, just haven't, the energy hasn't been put into it yet, but the song was, the song came out during uh, family violence in the month of November. Uh, I think it was, 
September or November? I can't remember which month was family violence. I think it was, I'm not sure it was. Um, but we brought it out to raise awareness um, for family violence because the song is called Families Love, Love is Family. And uh, in the music video, we have a group of people that are a part of it. And uh, all of the merchandise, uh, it's still kind of in the works, the merchandise for Families Love. Uh, the uh, percentage of the merchandise for it is will go towards family violence shelters, so the women's shelter. Any, 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 any uh, circumstance that is needing a financial assistance uh, to ensure that uh, those are going to be safe areas for families that are involved in violence, domestic abuse, all those things. So we don't have the merchandise yet, but once we get it up and running, the, the goal is I want to have every penny from that specific merchandise to go towards family violence because it hits home to me. I mean, I don't know anybody that hasn't had family violence at some point. Great. I could be wrong. I don't know. You haven't? Great news. <laughs> then I'll slap you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. Took a dark turn. No. <laughs> <But in the, laughs> <in the> w- <laughs> See, I made you laugh, and that's what family does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I was going to say is in that video, as well as your video, pawn, pawn in your shade or pawn in the shade? Pawn in my shade. Three times a charm. It's kind of a theme with, with that uh, that old piano that you're able to lug around and put wherever you want. So what's the story behind that bad boy? Um, I was doing a show that I wanted to record. I wasn't doing me yet as an artist, so I've only been doing me just a little bit over a year as an artist. In fact, Pawn in My Shade, um, the one-year anniversary of the music video and the song is October 24th, where I'll be playing at Leah's Bar and Grill at 9 o'clock on Saturday, October 24th. No cover charge. Please come and celebrate the one-year anniversary of Pawn in My Shade. And um, Excellent plug. The, thank you. So if you go, go, back, go back about a year and a half ago, I was doing a different show that required uh, a piano. And I thought that I should just see what I can do about that. <laughs> Called up uh, the gentleman that I have been using to move my pianos and tune my pianos for 30 plus years. And I said, Steve, I am in the market for a grand piano shell. He had a piano that was coming out of a house. I bought it for 900 bucks. He gutted it, took it to my house, and uh, we ended up re-rigging. So it's a real grand piano. We took all the, we gutted it, and then had it rebuilt so that we could put the keyboard in. And then the legs, of course, we took the legs out and then drilled in so that we can bolt it all together. And then when I, and then I was unable to use this piano. Then the show that I was using for this piano uh, ended up not happening. So I had a grand piano sitting in my house. With n- I had no idea what, what do I do? I just spent nearly $1,000 on this piano. I have no idea what to do with it. But eventually, I would like it to go somewhere. And then all of a sudden, uh, because things change, sorry, I'm going to sneeze. You dare stop rolling. <laughs> zoom in, zoom in. Um, I wrote Pawn in My Shade, and that was such a hit home song for me that the concept of building the piano in the forest. So when I said to Dave and Jason, I said, look, we're going to do the music video, and okay, where are we going to do it? Well, we're going to take a grand piano in the middle of a forest, and we're going to build it <laughs> for the music video. Well, you're out of your mind. And then we're also <laughs> going to have a 747 fly across. No, we did that. I ended up building the piano in the forest, and the representation was the, um, if you will, the piano was a rite of passage from where I was in my music journey and to where I am now. And you can see that because the beginning of the music video is black and white, and then it goes right. into color. 
Really, so, really pretty shot. I like that a lot. Yeah, and actually, and I thought to myself, the forest that where we shot it was a forest I grew up in when we moved from the West Coast. Okay. That's where I grew up in as a child, and that's where I played. Um, so you're very strategic with your settings for your music videos. They have a lot of meaning for you. Yeah, I uh, absolutely. And Except maybe the one that the recording studio <laughs> wouldn't have as deep. Well, you know I that guess you recorded your song there, right? Yeah, we did. We did everything there in one day, and that's probably the most stupidest thing I've ever done professionally is to do everything in one day. Is that Dave? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I just finished saying that the most stupidest, <laughs> unprofessional thing I've ever done in my day <laughs> is to do a music video and recording and overdubbing and redoing everything all in eleven and a half hours. Um, if anybody ever wants to do that, I know the gentleman who's capable of doing it. Costs $10,000 a minute. <laughs> he's just, he's just, off the, just out of frame shaking his head. Just out of frame. No, so uh, it still turned out great, though. I mean, uh, I think that's some of the cool things about art, right? Uh, I mean, other than the object itself being the song, our little team, we had an idea of what we wanted to do, and we didn't get any of what, we shouldn't say any of what we wanted to do, but the evolution of what we wanted changed and the adaptation process well, was neat. Remember the, the after party of your uh, Love is Family video, you were talking about your ideas for this. And then when I saw it, I'm like, that's not what he was talking about at all. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled an audible at the line of scrimmage. Right. And uh, if anybody's seen that music video yet, you can on YouTube. There's a line at the end that's not in the song. Um, have you heard it yet? Yes, yeah, I yeah, did. Okay, good. So you Don't... Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> Go watch it. Blue Dream is the single. The music video at the end is funny. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So what 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 are you hopeful for the rest of this year? I know you said you have a crud ton of shows already on the docket, so what are you hoping for? Um I'm looking forward to the celebration of uh the results for the shot in November. I, I guess I should stop you. We didn't get to that. Like what's the grand prize? Grand prize is uh, signing a major, uh, setting it with a record label and a manager and a producer and all that stuff with Canada and all that jazz. Wow, is that for like a full record or just a single or that, what? That that's uh, that's that's an ongoing continuous. Oh wow! Yeah, so you're not just a one project. It's here's your new team. So is there any cool. notable people that have won in previous years that you might recognize at home? I just put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, at the at, oh my goodness gracious, the gen uh, I can't think at the moment, and, I, and that's my own ignorance because I didn't haven't done enough research. Simply because this year's uh, this year's competition is extremely different. DJ is looking to sign another artist. The last seven years of the shot have just been singing competitions, not singer songwriters. Oh, so they've been singer songwriters, but it's been. You could go up and you can sing an Adele song to get you through to the next round or whatever. This year, he's turned around and went, okay, under his artist management, who he's managing, he's looking for another artist he can take to the Grammys, to the Junos, to get to wherever he wants to get that to be. So um, I don't know the other, I don't know where the other artists have went because it's completely this different. different. Gotcha. It's totally different. Complete. I just know. I just know that when it happens, it's gonna be big. <laughs> it's gonna be really big. I love your confidence, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I I shake when I think about it. To be honest with you, and I feel like that's a little crazy. So, so does that require a relocation to the big city, out east, or can you still stick around there? 
I don't know. And that's been the whole part about this contest and this competition and this development program is I really don't know. I don't even know what's supposed to be done for this next round on October 16th and 17th. We'll probably find out two days before that says, you need to do this, this, and this. And then I'll be calling y'all up and being like, <laughs> okay, we have to do this, 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 and this, and this. <laughs> always be happy to help, man. <laughs> no kidding. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, for the rest of the year, I'm looking forward to the shot. We're going to repaint the piano from being purple to white. So the piano is going to be white with sparkles and glitter all over it. Uh, because not... I don't know. I'm going to change what I'm wearing so the piano can't change all the time. So if it's a white piano with sparkles, we can put LED lights on it and change it to be the color of whatever I'm wearing. Nice. Just to add to the flamboyancy. Nice. You know. Um, what else am I looking forward to? <laughs> I'm looking forward to cracking champagne with all of you guys in November. I just am. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> oh, it's life is fabulous right now. Awesome, man. Well, sorry to, to bring them up again, but just reminded me of this. So a couple weeks ago, I finally watched Rocket Man. Yes, I assume you've seen it. I have not. And, oh, you haven't. No. I have not, and it's, I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody either. That was good too. I know. I, but uh, the the reason why I was, I was just thinking of this is because I'm an idiot. I didn't realize that Elton John, like he's a genius, but he can't write lyrics to save save his butt. So he, I didn't realize that that he had a writing partner this whole time. He had a guy that wrote all his lyrics for him. Bernie Taupin. Yes. So. I guess my question is, are you a one-man show, or do you like to collab when you write songs? I'm a one-man show. Great. Yes. And funny thing is, when I, <laughs> when I first started to attempt to write lyrics moons ago, many moons ago, it would always be like, <laughs> I'm picking up the glass and pushing the button on the microwave. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> I would always be laughed at. And that kind of happened, uh, you know, I understood I couldn't, I wasn't, Focusing on lyrics as a as a thing when I was writing the music uh, with um, for year after year the musical um, with Ignition Theater and Osmosis Entertainment and rightfully so the lyrics are correct for that musical and I didn't do the lyrics for it so then I thought I would always felt now this is the thing it's funny because whenever you're told you can't I've been told I can't write lyrics so I believe it. Right? I think that's a, that happens. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I always thought to myself, well, who are you to tell me what I can and cannot do? And I never thought that I would be low enough to think that I couldn't do it. So I never attempted to write lyrics until Pawn in My Shade happened. Someone pissed me off. Things happened in my <laughs> life. Experiences came in, and I literally flow with lyrics. And, I'm, and, and they're not corny and cheesy. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> I think they're really good. And now I've just kind of opened up a whole different Pandora's box of excitement. So yeah, yeah. music and lyrics, both. Well, I guess like you wouldn't think it, but it's just like anything, right? Practice makes perfect. Like you're gonna shed those cliche lines, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna find what works for you. Because you, if lyrics are honest, I find they work for anyone, right? So like you could spot somebody use a punk rock term, but you know, like a poser. You know, somebody's got to be. You write, do you switched. write lyrics? Like I do. You do. Do you? Okay. Oh. Good lyrics? No. But, but they're well, What there. constitutes as a good lyric? The person who's listening to it or the person who's writing? You know what I mean? I mean, uh, for me, it's just, if it's cliche, like if you're, my brain's insane, you're like, you know. I suppose you that's where I'm at, right? Creativity. The microwave works when you hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it'd be, but sometimes like they sing along, you know, 
to this song. Like that line. Sometimes it works in a song, even though it's been used a billion times. You know what I mean? But yeah. just, I guess honesty, creativity, just like anything that's too generic. And <laughs> it's funny. I just put on my Facebook page the other day a post M U ampersand L Y. Uh, <laughs> music and lyrics, yep. right? And um, I can only answer this question because I found out the answer last night. I'm going to have to say lyrics come first. Really? It's the most bizarre thing. I, as of yesterday, the mu- mu- lyrics came first. And I think it's per uh, song. Okay, I think it's per song. I think it's going to be per song. So when I wrote Run, Run Away... Um, I had a I had a theme. I was doing music in my head, and I was playing that around for Curtis Pagu, and he said, "You got to do something with that. That that's a song. You got to do something with that." So in that case, music came first, and then the lyric came after that. Uh, the song I finished writing this morning, uh, the lyric came first. I tried to come up with something for music; it didn't work. But then the lyric came out, and then usually when the lyric comes out then I can come up with a melody line that works with whatever chord progressions I'm working with. And in order for me to understand the lyric, it's literally an obscure, uh, the obscurity of the line that I first write should make no sense. So, for example, I don't put any, um, there's no adjoining words, there's no, I take out vowels, I take out all that stuff to make it look like this, you know, yeah, that's what I do. So lyrics, music, different. Depends on the song. Or how many glasses of wine. <laughs> I don't know. Excellent, man. What about you? Um, my, most of my life I've always written the music, and then I'll, like, every now and then I'll kind of have an idea of maybe the chorus. Mm-hmm. But recently, and Nathan can test to this, so a friend of ours started kind of sending me poems. He's like, I'd like to sing in your guys' little silly punk band. And so I... It's not silly. <laughs> well, Stop that. I'll be the judge. Or no, I'll be the, the judge. The public will be the judge. <laughs> but he, so he would send me these poems, and then I'd never done this before. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, it was actually a cool experience. I took his words and made them into songs. And it's like, you know, sometimes you kind of had to chop stuff up to make it work. But it was, it was a really interesting thing to do. And now I, like, I have a lot of respect for people that can do the lyrics mm-hmm. first because that would just was never something that even – it just didn't click in my brain. So – so I guess the same as you. Yeah, um, you gotta push yourself to try new things because you never know what's what's gonna come out. I mean, it might be crap, but at least you try something new, right? Absolutely. I think you know that. What's that movie? Music and lyrics. Yeah, that's. I a haven't movie. seen it. You, it. It's an. I think I don't know when it came out, but um, I, like I wrote the bridge this morning, just lyrics without thinking of the chords. But then I went and put chords to it, and then it just kind of, it just kind of flows. I don't know. There's no rule. The rule is there is no rule on how to do it, right? What do you do? Music or lyrics? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't question what comes out of my mouth. So if it's just verbal diarrhea, then I'll go <laughs> back and... <laughs> hit record. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Wouldn't it be the opposite of a suppository? You'd want... <laughs> suppository makes you poop, doesn't it? Maybe not. I don't know. Suppository could be anything, I guess. 
It's a great chat. I was guys. just about to say we've moved from music to suppositories. <laughs> and that's how you write lyrics, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> on the shitter. <laughs> Which is also a great place to read the Brutal Reality Digest. Yes. <laughs> As I'm told. People say, I can't wait to read this while I poop. I'm like, oh, perfect. Get you off your phone for five, five minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think on that note, we're kind of we're literally taking this into the toilet. So This has been a great <laughs> interview. <laughs> oh, so gosh. Yeah, live from the green room here at the Velvet Olive Lounge. Oh, I guess before we go, we got to give a shout out. Before we go. We talked about Pawn in your, My Shade. Pawn in My Shade. You can get, is it a drink or what the heck is it? Ah, yes. So this is very cool. At the Velvet Olive here in Red Deer, Alberta, located in the back alley. Um, <laughs> the owner and uh, our, the lovely head cook here came up with a dish called Prawns in My Shade. And um, it is a lovely, it's, oh my goodness gracious, it's me in a nutshell. So let me explain it to you. It comes in a giant martini glass. It's got fruit and a little bit of uh, veggies and cabbage and all that stuff with giant prawns, and it comes flaming on fire. <laughs> uh, so how appropriate is that? Prawns in my shade based off of the single pawn in my shade. And you can get that here at the Velvet Olive in Red Deer, Alberta, located at the back alley. Another fantastic plug. On point. <laughs> can a person get paid? Ju- okay, hey, and thank you for seat. tuning in. <laughs> All right, Curtis, any final words for the folks at home? Um, no, thank you for the support. Keep listening to music. Keep it alive. And uh, keep these guys going, right? Keep these guys going, too. Yeah, keep us going. And if, any, if Curtis ever asks you to vote, listen, vote. Vote for whatever it, whatever you if you if you need to vote for Amway at the moment you're sitting there, vote for Amway if you need wherever you are. When I say vote, go and vote. I have no he's, idea. He's, he's a social media influencer now. Oh my! I need step. to make some money. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Brutal Reality Digest Online Podcast. We'll be back again next month. If you'd like to sponsor the show, hit us up at BrutalRealityDigest at gmail.com. And if you want to check out more fucking awesome content, check out BrutalRealityDigest.com. Great interview. <laughs> <laughs>